0: Alright, this is Malachi, for the Warrior's Garden, and today is the day. It's day for episode number two. That's right, we're going to talk about um, the over-encompassing of what is a Warrior's Garden. So last week we kind of talked about the story of where it came from. Um, we talked about the uh, the roots that were grown because of a Warrior's Garden. So today we're going to talk a little bit about what does it all mean? okay what all is a warrior's garden about so it really started like i was talking about last week it's really started with i had gone to a therapist and and i was seeing this lady for a while um on post she was a social worker and i sat down one day and i was like you know every every week i come in i pour out my heart i tell you all this stuff and you know you never say anything like what am i supposed to do help me and she responded with, I don't know, get a dog, start a garden. And so when I got home, you know, my I told my wife about, you know, I'm getting a dog. And she was like, well, no, not really. Um, you're not going to get a dog. And so I didn't get a dog. And I told her, we, you know, my therapist said start a garden. And so we went to Lowe's and we got all the materials and the stuff. And I came home and I built it and I grew in it. And the crazy thing was, is that I grew things that I've, probably never should have worried about trying but it was just fun and i had the time and i had the place and i had the 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 resources and so i actually bought some sweet potatoes and i let them go to i let them sprout and and get some slips and i you know i planted some of them um and i harvested a i think it was about i think it was 28 pounds of sweet potatoes out of a four foot by four foot box that was only eight inches deep you know i ended up planting some some wheat because i wanted to see like i went on went on On YouTube and I looked up like you know how how to plant and grow wheat and the crazy part was like I you know I I made these rows they're nice and straight and you know this four foot box and and within like four days I you know you do bury these things about six inches these seeds for wheat and in about four days I had sprouts coming up right in line and I you know I planted about five pounds of wheat seed and I harvested after you know, cleaning it and and beating it and getting all the shaft off of it and all that stuff like that. I ended up with about 15 pounds of wheat head, which was amazing. But you know, that that first couple of years, you know, we lived on post on a small military, well not a small military, it's like one of the larger military bases in America. We lived on Fort Stewart, And the people from the Balfour Beatty housing community had come over. I, you know, I had these three boxes. I had okra that was about six foot tall. I had squash plants that were like as big as a five gallon bucket. They were, it was crazy, you know, in these, these four foot, like it was funny because I had like, I had sweet peas growing in a row and then I had green beans in a row and then I had okra in a row and then on the other side of the okra I had squash and in the next box I had like all my lettuces and spinaches and cabbages. And then in another box I had like a whole ton of onions and sweet pepper and those little lunchbox peppers and all of that. I had an orange tree that was in the backyard and then I had two blueberry bushes that the lawn company killed because they sprayed through my fence on purpose with weed control and killed the bushes. I had four five-gallon buckets. One bucket had tomatoes in it or three of the buckets had tomatoes in it. And one bucket had a, a, an okra stalk that somebody else had given me. Um, and then we had a one of those upside down hanging planters for tomatoes that was hanging off the back porch. Mm-hmm. Then I had two 25 gallon buckets that we did potatoes in. But the lady from Balfour Beatty came over and she's like, you know, what are you? what is all this? What are you doing? And I go, this is my therapy garden. I have PTSD. And she was like, oh, okay, sorry. And she turned around and walked away. But the crazy part about it was like I watched Balfour Beatty literally go to other yards and be like, you gotta get rid of this garden. And I was building gardens for people on post. And like after we built them, we got them nice and you know organized. And they were three, like three foot by eight-foot wide garden. You know, they're about a 12 inches tall, nice and you know, dress right dress and everything. And Balfour Beatty came and was like, You gotta get rid of it. You can't have it. But left mine alone, you know, it's crazy. But the funny part was like gardening was just like one small piece of that puzzle because it gave me an opportunity to kind of sit in the ground and kind of get some peace. I came home from work for lunch every day and I came home from work for, for you know, after work at the end of the day. But it was funny because I'd, I'd go to PT, I'd come home, I'd go water the garden and as the garden was watering, I'd go upstairs, take a shower, get all my stuff ready for the day and I'd come back down, turn the water off, go to work. I'd come back for lunch, I'd go out and pull weeds and then I'd go back to work, and then I'd come home after work, I'd turn the water back on, have my cup of coffee, you know, I'd go pull some more weeds after the water was done, and then I'd harvest whatever was available for that night. You know, it was crazy because we saved so much money with just a little bit that we were growing in these small gardens, which I noticed that if, you know, if, if you take someone and you can, especially someone with trauma, right? If you can take them, And you can alleviate some of the stress in their life and some of that stress being financial stress, food stress, sustainability stress, you know what I mean? Where, you know, I have an opportunity to go somewhere and kind of get my frustration out because I'm in the soil and I kind of just just think and talk to myself about what's going on. Um, I can harvest food. Well, now you create a a food sustainability system, right? Where the person's going out there, they're getting their own food. They're bringing, so they know how it was grown. They know what chemicals or pesticides or, or whatever was used on it. They know where it came from, and they take it inside. They're able to cook it. Now they're nourishing their family with their own hands, right? You're growing your own food, so you don't have to spend that money at the grocery store. At the end of the season, if you leave the last few things to overgrow, you know, to overripen, well, now you can harvest seed from it, and next year I don't have to buy seed. So now I'm saving money all the way around, and the beauty of it is just grow. Like I was like what I tell my people was just grow the things that you already like to grow, you know? But the beauty of it was that, you know, it's that you created a – you're saving them money. You're you're saving them food. You're giving them food, and you're giving them a way to be self-sufficient, right? So you're removing that stress from the financial stress, the food stress, the need stress, right? So we're we're fulfilling some of Maslow's hierarchies of, you know, food, sustainability, financial, you know what I mean? Like we're – you create your comfort needs, right? So those are being met, and so it releases some of that stress. And if you can release some of that, right, we're going to lower down – the amount of trigger for our trauma and our PTSD, right? And then it gives us the ability at that point because we've removed that focus from the trauma and now we can start putting that focus onto the growth right and we get that growth from getting down on our on the ground working in the garden we get that growth from sitting down and you know writing some music or some poetry or a book or comic or whatever we get that growth from hitting the gym and lifting weights and going on for a run on the treadmill or a run on a trail we get we get that growth from like going and working with animals and volunteering and being a part of something that's bigger than ourselves you know but we don't just sit at home and that's what I'm really hoping is like, I'm, I'm noticing a shift in the VA right now where they have this holistic holistic healthcare and they have these uh, whole health coaches, right? It's really based off of whether well, they realize it or not. It's really based off of Warrior's Garden because it's really about the focus of get off your butt and go do something. I tell everybody all the time, I'm like, look, here's the deal. You need to do something for a minimum of six weeks, a minimum of six weeks. And if that doesn't work, then you go to the next thing. But it doesn't mean if like like if I do EMDR, Okay, and I do it for six straight weeks, and I'm invested in it. I give it the actual effort that it deserves. And after six weeks, I don't feel a benefit from it. I don't just go home and sit down and play a video game and say, screw it. Okay? I look at what's my next option. What's the next thing that I should be trying because this didn't work. i got to try something else. Okay? You know, we we as soldiers, as Marines, as airmen, as as Navy, we're, we're trained, you know, in the absence of orders take initiative, right? And so if we're sitting at home and nothing's working, then apparently that's not what we're supposed to be doing, okay? If we do EMDR and it doesn't work, then try something else. If we do brain mapping and that doesn't work, we try something else. If we do equine therapy and that doesn't work, we try something else. If we do music therapy and that helps, then we stick with the music therapy again and we just keep with it. And we get invested. I think the biggest problem that we as veterans and we as first responders and, and, and people that have been through all this is that we get so focused on the trauma that we forget that there's a growth part that happens afterwards, you know, and then we don't sit down and actually plan what we need to do and what we want to do and how we should be doing it. And so I think that if we can motivate ourselves enough to get off the couch all right the goya right that get off your ass so you get up off the couch and you get forward and you get after it. you go do something you know I, I again i tell everybody it's six weeks minimum you got to give it six weeks it's an arbitrary number i just kind of pulled it out of the air but it's it's six weeks of dedicated but the problem too is is a lot of times we don't allow ourselves to get vested in it, right? We don't get invested in it. We don't give it the full effort that it deserves to actually give it a shot because we're just like, I'm just going to give it a shot. Okay. If it works, whatever. But then we don't actually focus on it and give it the drive and the motivation that we should be putting into it. Look, we trained so hard to be soldiers, Marines, airmen, Navy, all that. We trained so hard just so that if we went to combat, we wouldn't die. We'd be able to come home, right? And we come home, but we're not giving the equal amount of effort into our healing and our growth after. We're not giving that equal amount of effort. So the, the, the people that you see like Matt Best and Ray Kerr and Jason Redman and all these guys and gals that are like after the military, they're just excelling at life, right? They're excelling at business, you know, Rob Garcia, you know, like all these guys are just excelling, okay? They're just moving on. There's Adam Bird, you know, these guys are just taking life by the horns and they're getting it done. Because they're giving the same effort to their life after military that they're giving to their life in the military, right? So the, the job that they had, the career that they had as a soldier or as, a, as a Marine or as a Ranger or as a SEAL or whatever it was, there's, they're no different than we are after military. They served, they got out, right? We served, we got out. Now what? What's the difference? What's the key? The key is that they didn't just sit on the couch waiting for stuff to happen. They went and took advantage of it and just made it happen. I mean, you just got to move, you know? I talked to a lot of guys, a lot of gals, and they get out and they hit a wall. They don't know what to do. Their mentality hasn't shifted. They're still a soldier. They're still a Marine, whatever. And then they get out and then they can't understand why they don't function in the civilian communities, right? And and then they start calling themselves a civilian. And this is where I differ from a lot of them in that stop calling yourself a civilian. You are not a civilian. You will never by definition ever be a civilian ever again. You're a veteran. The difference is a civilian is someone who's never served in the armed forces. A veteran is someone who has served. Does it make us better? Does it make us more important? What it does is it means we have a different set of life experiences and those life experiences and that skill set that we pick up from the military or from being a first responder, right? They allow us to excel in any environment because we're willing to meet adversity head on. Because why? Because our job in the military and our job as first responders was to meet adverse situations and to succeed. We were to come out on the positive end on the other side and a warrior's garden is really about the catalyst afterwards that this is the inspiration about how to move forward and it's not it's it's my roadmap but what it does is when other people read it it's inspired them to go you know what i don't want to do a garden because it's just not me i want to build stuff or i want to go i want to become like a personal trainer but it inspires them to do something different and not just sit there on their butt waiting for things to happen. Like you get out and you're a veteran. You're like, okay, cool. Like, Give me a job. Where's all the job offers? They're not coming. Go get one. Get off your butt. Okay, Goya, get off your ass, right? Make it happen. Take advantage of your situation and go get it done. Take the skill set that the military has given you and go encourage others with it. Take that skill set. Allow it to help you increase the other skill sets of those around you. If you're not taking what you know as a soldier and as a a Marine, as a veteran, right? You're not taking all that stuff you learned about dedication and honor and integrity and all that stuff like that. And you're not using that to improve your communities. Stop talking about anything. If you're not taking what you are and who you are, which is a good thing, and using it to improve your communities around you, you're wrong. I'm a firm, 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 firm believer That we have a responsibility to be protectors and to be the people that lead by example. Because that's the way we were trained. That's the way we were molded. it's the way we were created as a soldier, as a Marine, and all those things. And so I think it's really important that, especially using the mentality of a warrior's garden, okay? I love the phrase, and right when I was writing this book, the meme got really, really popular um, back in 2013 of, you know, I'd rather be a warrior in the garden than a gardener in the war. And that's, I mean, there's so much truth to that because I would rather be prepared for war and not ever have to do it than be the guy that's sitting in my garden doing my gardening and then a war pops off and I'm not prepared. You know, there's a lot of stuff right now on online. You see people talking about there's a civil war coming in America and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just, I'm like, look, man, if you're calling for it, you're stupid. It is what it is. If you're calling for a civil war to happen, If you're actually saying that it needs to happen, like this would be a great thing, you're an idiot and you need to shut up. But there's a difference between seeing what's happening and being prepared than there is in actually openly saying, hey, we need need to have a civil war and these things need to happen. No, I've been to war. It's ugly. It's disgusting. It's horrible. I don't wish that on anybody. I served and we served so that others wouldn't have to go through that. And to openly call for it is... Just ignorant. Um, and I got off a little bit off track there, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a warrior's garden is really, it's all about finding the alternative option. It's a holistic option, right? It's starting at the lowest bottom denominator of treatment and just working your way up. All right. Now, if your trauma, if your PTSD is so big that you're just like, go ahead, do what needs to be done, but then start finding avenues and approaches, right? I teach a two day workshop that's called Finding Your Eden and it's based off of the concepts in my book but it's based off of finding there's three personality types that each person have person not personality types but three parts of our personality that we all have right we have a spiritual aspect to us as a person we have a physical aspect to us as a person and we have a creative or mental aspect to us as a person and so let's start with talking about that spiritual part real quick okay because I have a lot of friends I mean I've got friends that are you know atheists I got friends that are Sikh I've got friends that are Buddhist and I got friends that are Jewish and I I have friends that are Muslim and all that. I have friends from every walk of life, right? Every religious background you could think of. I served with a guy who was a Satanist. The thing is, I don't care what you believe. I would prefer that you believe what I do, but I don't care what you believe. It's your choice. You have to make that decision. You have to believe what you believe. What I think that we all need to start doing a better job of is if whatever it is we believe, like I'm a Messianic Jew, so I'm a Christian, but I believe, I follow more of a Jewish Hebraic route to my faith, right? If I'm not using my faith in whatever that is to make myself a better person and to improve my community, I'm wrong. If, if I'm not doing it, I truly don't believe it. I get the question all the time, well, what about atheists? Because I don't believe in anything. Well, I'm gonna counter that with, and I'm not gonna use the whole, like you know, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist or atheists have more faith than I do. I, I, I'm not gonna have that argument. What I'm gonna say is that there's something in a person's life when they're an atheist That no matter what, there is something in their life that when they're doing it or when they're a part of it, it gives them a spiritual connection. They feel like they are a part of something or are something that's bigger than just them. Nine times out of ten, that thing is service to others. And this is just from my personal experience. It's not from any research studies or any of that stuff like that. This is my personal experience. This is what I found. So, what I think we all need to look at is what is our spiritual tie right and then we find ways to use that to increase and improve ourselves and the people around us and we're going to get into using faith and using spirituality and and all that in a later episode but today I just wanted to kind of touch on some of these things we all have this creative aspect to us or this mental aspect and some people like I know I've got friends that are just like dude, I can't draw a stick I mean I can't even do a stick figure you know what I mean um, I'm not an artist at all. Well, I get it. And, you know, art isn't always about drawing, painting or music, molding or sculpting or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, sometimes, you know, that creative aspect of a person is problem solving. It's showing people how to complete something, how to finish something, how to navigate something. It's a mental process, right? So the the creative process or the creative aspect of our of our individuality can sometimes not be a creative thing, but it's a... Mental thing, um, and it has to do with those things. And so, that's the other part. That's the second part, and the third part of each one of us is I believe that we all have this physical drive to do something. We don't want to just sit on the couch and do nothing. We don't want to just sit there and watch Netflix or you know Hulu or Disney Plus or any of these things. What we want to do is we want to get up and go do something with someone or by ourselves. So there's this one thing in every single one of us that if your best friend were to come over and kick in the door and go, you know, hey, let's go do this right here. You're going to get up and go do it every time because you just love doing it. For me, I will go out in my garden seven days a week. I don't care. Rain or shine, I'll go out there and I'll garden. And if someone wants to come over and go, hey, man, show me how to do this in the garden. I'm, much, I'm Yeah, let's go that's me, right? That's my physical thing is I like to do that. And then I get to exercise that spiritual and that creative aspect inside of that garden as well. And so that's one of the things that we do with the workshop is we teach people to designate. I don't teach them what they are, right? I teach them how to designate like we pull out of them what their three parts of their of their personality are like their spiritual physical and creative aspects and then I show them how to tie them together so that you can do them in groups or you can do them individually or you can do them all at once and for me it's you know my faith my music and my gardening were my three big you know my big three and I really just I spent a lot of time learning how to integrate my faith into my music and my faith into my garden and then my garden with my music right and it's it's simple stuff it's so simple that like when I when we break this down later on and I and and I show you how to do it like you're gonna blow it's gonna blow your mind because you're gonna be like I could so easy how did I not see it you know and it's not because you're not intelligent it's just you're so focused on your trauma that you're not thinking about your growth so this is why I spent I've spent more time on my growth than I did on my trauma in the last few years and it's really why I'm able to see and I've been able to find those you know what I mean so when we stop and we look at what it is we're doing for our growth and we actually focus on we actually invest ourselves in the healing journey in the healing process you almost start to forget not that you've been through something or not what that something was, but you forget how much of a hold it had on you. And so you look back and you're like, oh man, that used to really control a big part of my life. Cause you don't realize that you're not focused on it anymore because you're so focused on the growth part. I put on kind of blinders to my trauma for a while and I really got focused in what am I doing to, to get past it and move forward. And I think that that's really where the growth starts is when you you make that conscious decision to sit back and go, hey, I'm not going to suck anymore. I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to get up off the couch. I'm going to move my butt. That's the whole, in a nutshell, the entire thought process about what a warrior's garden is about. It's about creating those three things and looking for it and actively seeking it, not just sitting there waiting. So thanks for listening. Make sure you go to the website ww.awarriorsgarden.com. Make sure you're checking out Scars and Stripes Coffee. By the way, if you go to Scars and Stripes Coffee and you like what you see, you can get 10% off by using promo code all one word, Warriors Garden. No apostrophe. It's amazing coffee. Like they're the dark roast, which is called downrange. It's $19 a bag. It's a full 16 ounces. And it's high quality top 20% bean. I'm telling you, it's amazing. It's really, really good. It's exclusively the only coffee that we drink in our house. In fact, it's the only coffee that we drink at our work. So thank, again, this is the Warriors Garden Podcast, and this episode was brought to you by Scars of Stripes Coffee. Thanks for everything. Make sure to stay tuned for next week when we talk about faith and how important it is in the healing process. God bless. Take care. Strength and honor.